1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, UnitedHealthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Open your hearts, loosen your butts, it's time for Couples Therapy.
5: everyone and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. My name is Naomi. We're a real life couple. Real life couple of comedians. On Couples Therapy we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. Naomi. (laughs) <laughs> okay we found love in a hopeless place we found love in a
6: hopeless place should that be the new theme song because sometimes that feels like the vibe I just look at Andy and I say we found love in a hopeless place and that hopeless place sometimes is earth do you think, but you know what do you think folks love in
5: you. Italy in, or Spain 1920s 30s do you think it was, they were you know, just like, what the fuck is going on?
6: I think they were having those conversations, but they did not have devices in their pockets that uh-huh. constantly screamed at them in the form of, you know, infographics, images, and then other people commenting. You see what I'm saying? Like, you just had a conversation you over did- at the cafe.
5: <laughs> in at- Venice, just like, Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> I do!
6: <laughs> so they were like, um... <laughs>
5: um... Oh, absolutely. So, so, okay. So, but let's, you know, that's not what we're here. No, because we
6: have good things. We have good things. We have a beautiful episode. We have a roof over our heads. We keeping these
5: animals alive by hook or by crook. Okay. (laughs) By hook or by crook, honey. We had to take Mabel to the cardiologist. That's right. Not only does Mabel, our dog, have an oncologist. Okay. But now our dog also has a cardiologist. Okay, and now she on
6: a pill. She on a pill twice a day. My girl on a pill. My girl got a murmur. They saying, you know, there's a little enlargement. You know, I'm, I'm, my baby girl ain't going nowhere. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you that right now. I'll I'm going to tell you that right now. I'll tell you I'm going to fight for my baby girl.
5: I will tell you what. Murmur? great when you're talking about rem terrible when you're talking about your dog's heart <laughs> absolutely
6: absolutely but um you know the the vet didn't seem too pressed but also it was funny because i did ask the vet over the phone i'm all like how old is she because you know if y'all have listened to this podcast a long time slash heard me talk for more than 10 minutes you know i do talked about my, my dog's cancer and now i'm talking about her heart where i go she has had so much health stuff i'm like is Mabel actually 17? And no one, and they lied to us at the shelter. And the, the cardiologist is like, nope. She's about 9 to 11, as they said. And I'm like, well,
5: all right, honey. Well, all right. I'll tell you what, Naomi. Monster, wonderful when you're talking about REM. <laughs> terrible when you're talking about how aggressive your dog's cancer is. Monster. When did I say monster? I was just thinking of another REM album that could apply.
6: It, but it didn't apply because I didn't say the word, Ian Drew.
5: Automatic for the people. <laughs> Great when you're talking about. R&M. You're a damn mess. So oh my goodness! Before we get into the episode, Naomi. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not the best at knowing how timely a question is when it comes into us. I know. So that. sometimes we end up answering a somewhat. Time sensitive cue. Way late. Way late. There's a episode coming up in the future where this it, it is egregious. I will say,
6: yeah, and also especially by the time it comes out, because I just realized, like at the time we were recording it, we were like, oh, we at the tail end. Now it ain't gonna come out at this rate till December, and this person will be on the other side of their journey. They okay, will yes. be on the other
5: side. Hope maybe it will help someone else. But the, <laughs> the point is, I've been trying to pay more attention to when uh-huh. a question comes because I'm not the one who calls them now. That's Mimi. Yeah, She's shout the, out the to one who, who calls them. And so I've been like paying it. She puts them in a spreadsheet. It's really great. Love it. Great work, Mimi. <laughs> we got a question, and though I thought this was something easy-ish, I don't I haven't listened to it, but just read the <laughs> description. Okay. okay. I but I thought this was, this was timely, and this is something that you and I could talk about in the intro here. So okay. why don't why don't you That's play good. it? Okay.
3: Hi, Andy and Naomi. Um, this is Emily. I'm over here in Portland, Oregon. Um, you were talking about the SAG strike. And it just brought up so many feelings for me. I am a teacher on strike right now in Portland. And I am struggling because I want to see my students so bad. I want to be there for them in person. I know the impact I have every single day. And I know I need to be with my students right now. But we are striking for healthy conditions, healthy temperatures. No rats, no mold in our classrooms. We're striking for class cap sizes. We're striking for special ed supports enough special ed teachers to serve all their children. We're striking for mental health supports that we know are so important right now and all of these upstream measures and serving our children while they're young. We know research shows that this is the time to help people and invest uh, at this age. So I would just love some advice on um, how to keep going when I just want to be in the classroom with my kids. Thank you.
5: See, timely. I thought this was important.
6: Also, absolutely. And you know it's also very important to lift up a queen. Mm-hmm. To lift up somebody in the struggle right now. I think we're all in some struggle
5: or another at any given time, but you know... All workers, whether the, they are, whether it's IATSE, whether it's Teamsters, whether it's writers, actors, it's UAW, UAW Penny. teachers, we are all linked in the struggle against capital, okay? So... I mean, I just had to because I couldn't. The all the mold, th- the mold. I know when when she said, "We're and we're, mold." Yeah, we are striking so that there's not mold in our classrooms. And I'm and it's like again, <laughs> like have things. And yes, the answer is yes. But I was about to say, have things deteriorated that much? And the, uh, obviously, yes. But you are. I think this is my this is my takeaway. Yeah, from our five month strike. And in my case, six.
6: Yes. Which, total, may not, like, which meaning overlap. And you guys right now, it's technically the SAG strike. SAG has reached a tentative agreement. There does seem to be a deal in place. And, you know, they're touting how great it is in terms of the financial gains. However, it does seem like when it comes to A.I., and protections. protections against your likeness being owned,
5: uh, it may not be as good as we think. And so yeah. Justine Bateman had a great thread today. That's like, I'm voting against this. So who knows as of the re- this recording of this intro, we don't even know if the sack strike is actually over or not. Right. So, but and but
6: technically a tentative agreement, people are back to work. People are promoting things again. Yeah. This so. is the thing.
5: Okay. And, and maybe you can carry this in your heart. Maybe you can, you know, and at, it's 2 a.m. in the morning and you're you're wide awake just staring at the ceiling, you know, or in my case, watching a Simpsons rerun. <laughs> but you still can't turn your brain off, right? The things you're striking for, even though your students maybe are ha- having a difficult time at the moment while the strike is going on, just think of how much better their quality of education will be on the other side of this when you've won all these gains. Right right that's the thing that i think all of us you know because especially with the wga strike Mm -hmm. you know we were looking at the end of writing as a profession writing tv and films as a real profession right and not something that the, the tech overlords basically look the reason why we have these ai protections now is because without them they would have destroyed the entire industry. Right. It, it doesn't work like the way they say it will. Mm-hmm. And so they would have said, oh, let's, you, you know, they would have like implemented it everywhere, f- cratered the industry, and then they would have gone off to like, you know, one of their other private equity interests, right? right? right, right, and right.
6: Let, to go decimate something else. Yes, yes. right. <laughs> exactly.
5: Absolutely. All right. So, you know, really one of the things that kept me going, first of all, I'll say this, look, this show and the listeners... And the support we got from all of you that did really help me. Uh,
6: yes, and so, that's going to go into one of my suggestions. But you can
5: keep going because I have I have some thoughts, sure. some practical thoughts. But the idea that we were really saving this profession, all of us together, all of the WGA, and the support we got from IATSE, the Teamsters, and SAG, mm-hmm. and not a certain other, <laughs> <laughs> not a certain other union, which I won't name. Yep. <laughs> but you know. We were saving this industry from ruin in the future. And it, I would say certain ruin. I, I don't think it is hyperbole to say that it would have, re, like, letting A- people just use AI willy-nilly would have, like, destroyed the industry. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is hyperbole. So just think, for yourself, for your fellow teachers, for the support staff at the school, for the students, everything is going to be better on the other end of this story. Right.
6: Even, even if not all demands are met, but honey, if you just got rats and mold off the table,
5: <laughs> the vibe would be exponentially improved,
6: okay? I can only imagine, let alone, you know, the mental health support, the cap on class sizes.
5: Oh my god, what happens if the mold and the rats merge into some super monster? We, j- we got to get rid of the mold uh-huh. and the rats. Again, monster, great for R.E.M., not when it comes to mold and rats turning into some kind A of creature. Yeah. Um, also, you know something that I
6: think I, that did help me out that would happen on the picket lines, um, more personally, and I'm assume you know I assume you have teacher friends, um, or even parent friends and stuff like this is you know having community having people with you in the trenches of this the people you can commiserate with the people you can share these frustrations with the people who understand what you're going through so that you don't feel like you just holding up a sign and and again i know when you're out there you're the only teacher on strike like i get that but i'm talking about like kind of Making sure you're having some more of the emotional conversations and, you know, who are the people you are close to, to that you can get into this with. You know, you talk about missing your students. You know, teachers, we know from the beginning of time, have never been paid what they're worth and commensurate with the value they bring, not just to children's lives, but communities as a
5: whole. And yeah. So, my mom was a high school English teacher before she retired. Right. For her and, whole career.
6: Yeah. That for was, her, yeah, whole career. her whole life. 40 years? Was it 40?
5: I since the 70s up in yeah, you know, a little more than 40 so
6: I mean so that yeah that's you know who you lived with where it's like you know and the things she dealt with and the fights she had to break up and those things at like a relatively decent school.
5: Yeah, this is hey, you know what? This is not to get people to go to the Patreon, but I think in the next Patreon I want to talk about some of that stuff because it's fucked up what they put her <laughs> <it>
6: through. <laughs> but, you know, I think having your community, people you can talk to openly. I know I feel like I made friends over the strike that I hadn't known before yep. because we were suddenly talking about these things and connecting on a different level. Um you, know, you get the tea. Also, when you're out on the oh, picket we, line? Love, we love gossip and tea. And then also, you know, and I don't know if this is outside the, I don't know if you want to do this given the strike. But are there things you can do to connect with the students still? Meaning, um, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Can the can the class? Is there just some way can you guys you can connect- do a TikTok video together? Something where you can pretty much just like <laughs> check in and say hi. Right. Cause I'm not saying go in and teach them anything because you are on strike and you have to stand with that, but just a way to sort of like touch base, keep in contact, you know, letting them know you still care. Will that bring you a little bit of joy and keep you remembering why you're doing this? Cause something you did say here is, you know, I, you know, I know the value I bring. I know, you know, you know, the students need me, you know, you know, you know, You know your impact. And so if there's a way you can connect while still very firmly being on strike and not, you
5: know, doing work that you shouldn't be doing. I actually have an idea. Why not? I'm not sure what you teach, but, you know, whatever it is, maybe there are some books because I, I was in my head I was like I just assumed that this person was an English teacher for some reason and I was like oh what if you made a list of books that maybe they could read in the interim while you're on strike no,
6: that might even count as teaching oh
5: is but it? it could you know but it could be like then a list of uh,
6: I'll be at the library or I'll be outside and we can all say hi and you can tell me you know what you've been up to you know if that's not a, you know hard for parents to get to Get their kids
5: there. Can Chuck E. Cheese know. do a local striker's day where you get? I mean, the Chuck E. Cheese, be-
6: it should be free. Chuck E. Cheese should be out <laughs> here giving out the pizza. Okay. And so, um, but you know, thank you for sharing with us because we're going to tell you, like, we're with you. We understand. Mm-hmm. You got to just make sure you got your yeah, hydration, good shoes, and one or two friends in the fight because you need to be able to talk to people. You need to take care of your mind and body. Sunscreen. Sunscreen. And then whatever else, you know. Had you you like like whatever else makes you happy apart from teaching right doing as much of that as you can you know of course knowing that you are out here picketing or you know doing what what other strike related actions you may be doing so i'm not saying like go and start horseback riding yeah, like so whatever but what i'm you don't know, take a spa
5: day while everyone else is picketing <laughs> but hey one day you might need that but oh, just saying fun slogans if you can come up with some fun stuff for the signs well you know andy you can't be
6: suggesting stuff because these have to be clean okay this is a teacher's <laughs> picket and you be out here using the f word okay and calling people pigs. And we can't do that. <laughs> so don't do that, Em. Don't right. do that, M. Maybe don't
5: call the superintendent a piss. Pig.
6: <laughs> but um, thank you so much for writing in. You're the greatest. Stay strong. Keep us updated. And let us know when y'all got the rats under control. <laughs> uh, Andy, I think now is a good time to get to our guests. Oh, my God. Because this was a fun episode.
5: A new friend.
6: A new friend. A new friend. Um, we... Talk to today you've already heard his dulcet tones the one the only liam Garo. now we met liam like did we meet him doing his we, podcast we met him doing his podcast so this is the thing so liam is uh the host of the new podcast tell me everything where he has guests come on with a list of three things in popular culture that were very important to them, formative for them. Things they could talk about forever. Right. Things that really mean the world. And then Liam unpacks it. And I will say Liam comes to the mic, like, with the research. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's been researched. He's He's done a deep dive of his own. So you're really having a conversation with somebody who now has familiarity with the topic mm-hmm. that might be, you know esoteric so like you know andy and i just did last week's episode and so now it's two of us so the three we did one each and then a joint so of course um andy's was pavement band (laughs) of course mine was i was just like the movie life with
5: mikey (laughs) from 1993 (laughs) don't even say another word you'll have to go to liam's podcast to hear why she chose that and then of course our joint House Hunters International. Come on. What else we do? What else what we else? do, y'all?
6: What else we do? um And it was so fun. And that was our introduction to talking to Liam. And so we were so excited to have him on Couples Therapy. And so we thought we would just drop his episode now because it's like, go check him out. Um, he also produces and writes on the podcast Rich and Daily. So he's just doing a lot of stuff. He's out here doing the work, supporting, bringing people together, creating love, deep diving on <laughs> individual things. Um, what I also, Want to say too is like, you know, I think a real connection Liam and I made is that, you know, we were on his pod and then he he texted me somebody messaged him on Tinder and was like, "You having Naomi perrigan on the podcast? You must be famous or a Hollywood power player." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, "Not you giving me cred on Tinder, Naomi. And,
5: you are getting Liam's ass
6: ate <laughs> here and there with his ass is being ate. <laughs> we don't know that." <laughs> But if I can help make a love connection or a kiss connection, it ain't mm. got to be love. Just help make a connection. I said, you know what? That's a blessing. Mm. That's a blessing. I am glad I could passively help. And you know what's going to passively help or actually actively help? This episode. Roll it.
5: Liam. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the most serious way to start this. Liam. I- Liam. <laughs> um- you know, I've heard many things about you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the Barbara Walters build-up where she mm. would do two compliments and then the hard truth, where she'd be like, "My understanding is that you're a Academy Award-winning actor, a celebrated politician, and a concert pianist. Why the cocaine?" <laughs> she would always do like the damn. Down- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
6: very
5: Jiminy Glick.
6: Yes, yeah. exactly, <laughs> She's <laughs> exactly. She's got to get you. She's
5: uh, if you're not look, let's be honest. If your interviewing style isn't Jiminy Glick, get out of the fucking game. I'll say okay, that. that's what I say. Absolutely. Get out of the fucking game.
2: Yeah, really explore your vocal register at all times when asking a question. Yeah, Glick or bust.
6: Now, yes. I guess I will ask. Andy said he was going to take the lead, but so far he's not. So I'm I'll gonna take get it to a question. <laughs> I'll take let's the do lead it. right let's so, do it
5: Well, it's Liam, what's your relationship with like with your parents? oh well
2: let me say (laughs) um i mean listen if if you listen if you want to come in hot like that well so i mean this is things get kind of spicy dicey right away because i actually only know one of my parents
6: okay go on
2: well are you kind of ready for a crazy story sure okay born ready let me let me set the stage. Let me scene paint, if you will.
6: Are you prepared to tell this on recorded media? Because you can't give me the juice and then like oh, no. after we this record is... you go, wait a minute,
5: wait a minute. Yeah, you can't give me the juice and then slap the cup out of my hand. This
2: is all on the record. Okay. Girls, I would never do that to you.
5: Okay, let the record show. Let the record show.
2: Oh no, Divas, I'm here to dish. Let's be honest. so when my mom met my dad, the year was like, I guess, it would have been nineteen ninety. My mom was thirty. 30 and my dad would have been 26 at the time Mm -hmm. they were dating for i think six months the relationship was going very very well though and it was like everyone loved my dad like he was this funny jovial great guy and like my mom was really in love with him and they were really like it really kind of seemed like this was the first guy in a while where she was like i think there's something here Mm -hmm. six months into them dating he's like um or maybe even shorter actually he was like so i've just been diagnosed with cancer and as a result of going through chemo and radiation and everything i'm really concerned it's going to sterilize me and basically will you carry my child whoa and she said i love you but i can't do that for you it's just been too short amount of time and we've not known each other that long and i'm happy to support you in any other way but i can't do that he then keeps at her to carry his child to basically the point where she's like, I roll fine. What? She gets pregnant and then, and they then move in together. They kind of start this like pseudo, you know, like kind of married relationship. Right. My mom, by the way, by this point has my sister who's seven from a previous relationship. And she's
6: already got a kid. So this is like, she's like, I don't know if I, what I'm doing yet. I mean, well having another kid.
2: Well, that's exactly right. right. And, and so my dad goes, all right, look, Why don't you focus on, um, I'll keep identities private. Let's just call her Holly. She's like, he goes, why don't you like focus on Holly, focus on being pregnant. I'm going to focus on like going to the doctor and getting better. And also like, why don't I also be in charge of the bills while you're kind of focusing on all that stuff. And then this, by the way, is like the first time in my life my mom's ever handed over like financial ownership of things to something like my mom's been like living on her own and providing for herself since she was 17 okay wow so she's like okay so this is all happening and then like pretty deep into the pregnancy they're like should should we get married like should we i mean is this something that that matters to us and should we endeavor down this road and they go well why don't we do this why don't we spend a weekend apart independently think about it we'll reconvene at the end of the weekend and let's see where we're at so she stays at the house with my sister holly and then he goes and crashes on a friend's couch for the weekend he leaves on a friday he's back on the sunday the sunday rolls around he does not come back home what so my mom's like that's really weird so i think either that night or the next morning on the monday she calls this friend that he was crashing at and is like hey have you seen let's call him daryl have you seen daryl and he's like no, he left last night i assumed he went back home and she's like okay so then she's like now phoning like because remember this is pre-internet yeah, 90, pre-cell phone So 90, she's on that damn landline trying to track down daryl right? right this is the time of bbs's and maybe aol oh this predates that. I mean, girl, we yeah. wish we had I am. We right. wish we had I am. Okay. So finally she's like getting around, she's like now doing like the circuit of like everyone that they know and trying to be like, where's Daryl? Where's Daryl? Where's Daryl? And then finally, she's like, Okay, I am now going to call his parents, I guess. Oh my god. And you can imagine by this point, my mom is like now panicked, right? Because she's like, right. oh, something is wrong. Exactly. It's once she calls his parents, she notices all of a sudden they're being very cagey on the phone. <gasps> Uh And they're kind of being and they're being a little withholding of like, do they know where he is? Do they not know where he is? And my mom finally is like, this is insane. I cannot find the father to my child. Oh, and also like, is he still going to his a doctor's appointment? He has cancer. cancer." Yeah. To which his father then chimes in on the phone and without a beat goes, Daryl doesn't have cancer. (gasps) So he lied for over or approximately a year. About his cancer diagnosis.
5: Oh my.
2: Just basically to get my mom pregnant.
5: What? What? (laughs) I I cannot form. I'm seeing double. I'm I'm seeing double.
2: And oh, it's about to get so much worse. Are you ready? (laughs) So my mom now is getting phone calls all of a sudden from the hydro company, the electrical company. I
5: knew it. I knew knew that part. I knew okay yeah for
2: sure and so she's like they're like hey you are x number of now months behind like if you don't pay these bills right now we're turning your lights off and she's like that's impossible my quote-unquote husband daryl has been paying for these bills there should all be you know the like the money there they're like we have no idea who this daryl person is but you need to make a payment right now she goes no problem hangs up the phone again pre-online banking so like goes to the bank gets sorted out and then they're like oh miss garrow we would love to process this payment for you but you have zero dollars in your bank account. (gasps)
4: Oh.
2: So she was left with a child pregnant already with a seven-year-old and was left penniless 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 and left and left in thousands of dollars of debt that was not her fault.
6: Oh my
5: God. Sorry. Hold on one second. What the fuck? I know.
6: Okay. Okay. Now, this is this is twenty lifetime movies put together. Yeah. This is the ultimate. I mean, cause someone we, call
2: yeah. No, someone call Penelope Ann Miller because we've got the, her next role.
6: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the last time we had a guest who had a tale of swindling that I thought, oh, it doesn't get any worse than this. You know, Ginger Gonzaga came on telling us about mm. someone she had dated who mm-hmm. lied about things. But you know, this to hear that this person lied about illness, but also. But what, the end result what, was for your to get her pregnant, but then not even raise what the, was the child. Yeah, wait, what it's was like, the end what,
5: game? It's like what is I this, mean, I love the I love the actual end game, which is that you exist. But like what <laughs> was what was your do we you even want to call it, say dad? What was your Like uh, what do we
2: think the motivation was, right? Yeah, like what was that person? Right, what was, that was his end game? Uh, here's what I think. I think probably actually he's someone who quite likely is a pathological liar, like yes. a textbook uh, and opposite, and I'm going to go ahead and assume he just sort of wove such a web of lies for himself that by the time it all caught up to him, he was like, "I just need to cut myself out." That's what I think happened.
6: Okay, but now here's a question, because now I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of bring this back to you. Go this story that you've told us.
5: At what age were you told this information?
2: Almost right away.
5: Oh, really? You mean like in the in the delivery room?
2: Yeah, they were like, "Your name is Liam." Also, I have a horrible story to tell you. Um, because well, I think my mom actually very smartly was like. I don't want my child in a position of needing to invent stories about somebody Uh-huh. and not knowing what actually is going on. So she right. was, so she was very transparent with that, with whatever little information she had. And so, you know, the reason I bring this whole, all, this all up is like, you ask the question of like, well, what's your relationship like with your parents? I mean, this is really from the, like from the moment I was born, like the defining moment of my life of happened. And so I, I, have this now non-existent relationship with my father which then of course really paints and colors the relationship then that I have with my mother right because you know there is we also how in the weeds do I get here you know my sister I will say like became a person who just like dealt with a lot of her own challenges and and you know when you do cocaine like it's your job for 20 years it's never a great look and Mm. so Mm. my mom and i kind of like bonded over that but then simultaneously created this almost like i became the other adult in the room kind of role right because when you are because i was the only other person in that house who understood what that was like Mm
6: -hmm. absolutely and
2: normally the role then that would have been occupied by the other adult to say like can you fucking believe what holly just did was me right right Right. So, you know, my mom and I do have a very lovely relationship, but for a very long time, I think it was in some ways kind of contrived because we, I think she needed me in a way that, um, maybe most other adults would need another adult
6: right absolutely Uh absolutely so so
2: then i was like like, i'm not kidding when i walked into a room of adults i was like finally peers like i was like (laughs) but i was like but that was all so that was just kind of like the baseline of like hey can you also just like kind of have your shit together because you're walking into you're being born into a an emotionally traumatized household oh and also your sister's losing her shit so if you could kind of just like keep lid on it, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> right. Was it's basically was basically like the vibe. So right. yeah. that very long story to say, that is my relationship. That's kind of like the tone of everything. Yeah.
5: Do you think, and I, I don't know how, you, how to really answer this, but if you've ever thought about this, you know how in like TV shows and movies, there's always like, they people lie to their kids about parents or family secrets, and then they yeah. find out later in life, and the arc of the TV show or movie or something like that is that they like, Get angry and then like rebel and whatever, right? To mm-hmm. finding out this new information. But you were given the information right from the beginning. Do you feel right. like that's that was a healthier direction being given the truth at an early age? I or would do you have because rather got it at a no, later I
2: think that was the right move because I think cause it was already crazy making that I didn't know why he actually left. Right. 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 So it was it was like the only the only thing I had to hang my hat on was everything that my mom told me. And thank God she did. Because then otherwise I would have gone crazy trying to invent a version of my life that I didn't really know about, right? So I think that was actually a really good parenting move for her to be like, hey, so here's the information. And this is the best of what I've got. And now basically do that what you will. I think that was actually a very good thing for her to do.
6: Did you ever try to meet him or find him?
2: This is where our story evolves. So... (laughs) I, I don't have a memory of this, but my mom told me later, I guess when I was 11, I had broached the, com- the topic of maybe wanting to track him down kind of very conversationally. And then she's like, and then weirdly, this guy that she was dating at the time, who, first of all, total dud, all I'll say is this, like sweat when he ate, like a nightmare, <laughs> just like a total nightmare. Anyway. <laughs> But he took it upon himself for some reason to track down my dad. Not that he had any interaction with him, but he was like, I have found a number of this bar that he manages, which was like... He, the, maybe you know, br- wait,
6: he's in a management position? Someone put him in charge of money? Okay. Girl, people try...
2: Listen, a pathological liar will make you think that they can run a business. Well,
6: absolutely. But I was really hoping maybe after all of his cancer lies, he might have gotten the cancer himself. You can't be lying about cancer. I have to believe it, Carl.
2: Diva, I want him still to drop dead from the big C. And I <laughs> don't wish that on anybody, but <laughs> I, I mean... I know. like listen when that show came out with Laura Linney I was like that should be my dad you know what I mean like I was like so um, your dad's the big c word exactly right and that word is cuck no come on <laughs> listen um so I so I had expressed that interest and then so my mom then who had this phone number from her like boyfriend at the time was like I have this number do you want to did you want to get in touch with them?" and then I guess I kind of like got skittish and said no mm-hmm Four years later, I then expressed the interest again. She goes, I don't know if you remember this. I did say at the time I had this phone number. It's now four years later. I don't know how up to date it is, but this is the best of what we got. So I was 15 and I called this number to this bar that was in Hamilton, Ontario, which um, is like to give maybe American listeners a sense of like geographical proximity, let's say is like an hour and a half outside of Toronto. So like, like that's like, you know, one of the big cities in Canada anyway. So, um, I call this number and I'm like, and I'm like shaking in my fucking boots, right? Like this is this, like, like my, I was like, oh, this is like dry mouth. Like I'm sweating. Like my heart, my heart is beating. And this woman answers the phone and I was like, hi, is Daryl there? And then she's like, oh, um, he's just stepped outside to do a run for the store, but he'll be back in half an hour. Do you want to call back then? So you can imagine like the torture, like you have to wait this extra 30 minutes, right? So I call back again, and a guy answers. And I go, hi. And he goes, hello. I go, "Um, are you Daryl? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, did you used to know a woman named, let's call her Madison. I'm like, did you know a woman named... Madison well because you know I need to save this for the book and I go (laughs) I mean I appreciate that I'm doling this out for free but for Christ's sakes I need to monetize my life somehow you know and so and he goes yeah I know I I knew Madison and then I went okay well I'm Liam and I'm and I couldn't say I'm your son Uh. and I couldn't finish it and then he jumped in and said you're my son and I was like yeah So we proceeded to then have this like three hour long phone call and I and I asked him all of the questions and basically like like the why of it all. And, you know, we only spoke on the phone three times because I was the one to cut off communication, not because he did anything bad. But what I realized is he was always giving me very sort of like. Uh, uh, Wonder bread answers of like I just was really confused and I didn't know what I was doing and I was very like it was all very just conveniently Vague yeah, but but the realization I had even at 15 was even if he gave me the absolute Resolute nuts and bolts answer of why he did X Y and Z It wouldn't have mattered because it would not have undone what happened.
5: Yeah. Yeah
6: Absolutely,
2: <laughs> and when I had that realization, I really let him go and i and to this day have never spoken to him again there was i will say a, as a weird pin to the story about two or so years after that when the world was like all on facebook he added me on facebook I after having it. not spoken to me in two years Daryl. and it was listen on his birthday he added me on facebook so you would see he's coming for birthday wishes i have no he just wanted me to write on his wall like you want hbd wall. <laughs> yeah little no, cake but, emoji but so that is the extent. So that is kind of where that chapter ends. Like we spoke on the wow. phone a handful of times and then I was like, this is irrefutably not worth it. Yeah. So but, I'm, I'm just going to cut this off now. And I didn't, but, and there wasn't any conversation by the way of me, of me saying like, I'm going to step away and I'm going yeah, to like, yeah, I yeah. just, I just stopped it. And then that was it.
6: I mean, you knowing that, cause again, right. You're 15 at the time of that first big phone call.
2: Right, But remember, I've been 40 since I was born. So <laughs> right. remember, I needed same... to be the big adult. Yeah. Well,
6: right. But still, the fact that, you know, again, because even as you being a big adult, I could see it being very tempting, especially because the way Daryl just answered the phone like, hey, oh, yeah, you're my kid. How you doing, slugger? Like, yeah. I could see it being tempting to try to have a relationship with him, right? Especially if you're dealing with like having to be a little adult at home. Maybe you're like, this person will be my dad and play dad with me do you know what the, i mean like i have that issue with my i'm saying this is someone oh, who's dealt with also an absent father where like when he kind of came back on the scene i was like oh well maybe i can use his guilt to get him to sort of like baby me for lack of a mm. better term do you know what
2: I mean like be well yeah that, make up for like, and make up for lost time
6: yeah and like that yeah. was like as much as i was like as much as the resentment was still strong part of me was still like well maybe i should try to get that traditional relationship out of this person because i didn't well, have it
2: this is where I think my mom's brilliance comes in, though, because, again, she had so demystified who this person was to me that I knew he was never going to be that. And also, I will say, I think I watched a version of this play out a little bit with my mom and her mom a little bit, not because my grandmother was an absentee parent, but, you know, just like they had their own drama. My grandmother, unfortunately, drank alcoholically for many, many years when my when my mom was younger. And so when my mom, I think, finally felt ready in her life to broach that she then kind of looked to my grandmother to then sort of be the mom that she wasn't Mm -hmm. when my mom, when my mom would have been a little kid. But that is a, that is a Sisyphean task because you will never be satisfied by that because also your needs now are different.
6: Mm -hmm. Yep.
2: Right. So for as much as someone might even like, let's say someone even decided to entertain that idea and said, you know what? I will, I will do this parental exercise of, you know, meeting where you're at, and I will sort of help to... I will be the parent that I wasn't to you when you were seven and eight and nine and whatever. It's like, that would feel, I think, still so empty because that's not who you are anymore.
5: Yeah. It's like the person yeah. who, like, whatever their little want Little wants. But, like, whatever their wants were when they were a child. Mm-hmm. Like, they're into matchbox cars, so they buy a sports car as an adult, thinking it will fill the void. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't because it's it was this kind of just whatever this very childlike need that they had that for some reason the matchbox car filled in then does that make any sense at all
2: 100 oh 100 or it's like the same thing of like not to be so trite but it's like the guy who turns 50 divorces divorces his you know wife leaves his family and then thinks he can like fuck his way back to happiness by like sleeping with a bunch of 20 year olds and you're like yeah that's not how that goes right. like right. You're, you're feeling you it's like you're putting it's like it's almost like when you're playing um that game when you're a kid of like trying to fit like the right shape through the right hole. It's like, you're putting everything into the wrong space. Like you're, you're not like, it's the wrong thing. It's all the wrong thing that you're using to like fill this, this weird void now. Like it's all wrong.
5: Yeah. You got the right shapes there and you're just like ignoring them for all, like (laughs) for all the other ones.
2: 100%. You have a shape that's like the size of your family. And you're like, what if instead I put a like, like property share resort in arizona you're like no <laughs> and also arizona girl
4: <laughs>
5: <sighs> even in canada you know what arizona is <laughs>
2: G- girl here's here are two things that are a nightmare in arizona the temporal climate and the political climate okay Absolutely. both are bad Absolutely. both are bad
5: either way yes. you don't want to leave your house yeah i don't There's know wait danger phoenix is so hot that people get burned touching the macadam. Well, but then gets so cold. Oh, does it get cold too? Well, no, well, because apparently yes,
2: because it's like that. It's like that. We are desert climate, so apparently it's like scorching hot in the day, and then at night you're like fucking freezing. Pick yeah, a lane.
6: It's not habitable. It's not habitable. <laughs> I don't. But people,
5: people are still there. buying houses there. We know what's going to happen. That in the next ten years, I know
6: the <laughs> cactuses were falling to the ground. I said, "When the plants that were made for a dry climate give up, mm-hmm. I don't know what the rest of us <laughs> when are." When they deflate, literally, the cactuses were on the ground, and I said, "Cactus, relatable."
2: Cactus, you know what? The cactus used to be upright with its arms like this, and then when I saw one cactus on the ground, it actually had a repose p- posture. <laughs> it had one hand, <laughs> like dramatically, a a couch. dramatically, yeah, yes, like it a became a, f- a fainting, yes, yeah, yes, a, yeah, be- a, a fainting so. cactus, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
5: Wow. So okay, so. You being an adult since you were a child, which is yes. maybe why the three of us immediately, when we were on your show, just kind of <laughs> like, first time meeting, we all were on vibing on the same wavelength. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Instant friendship. If I can, elderly If I could say that. that I want,
2: oh, 100%. And I will say this, and maybe you both have this in common. Everyone who's closest to me in my life has this weird, this golden thread. And it's not even like we mean for this to happen, but the golden thread connecting myself and all of my close friends is that We did experience accelerated maturity for whatever reason. And I do think there is something, and this might sound very woo woo, but I think psychically, like we do find each other because there's just like this it's so nice to find someone who has like the same sense of knowing, of understanding what it's like to carry that burden in a way.
6: I, I agree. I think that could definitely be part of it. But what I was to say is I think it's very interesting. I'm so actually surprised to hear that you were an old soul because I think of you, the personality you are, right? Because you have this deep well of pop culture. And what I was mm. going to say at the very top was how quickly you went to like a Barbara Walters reference. And I was going to ask how much you <laughs> use the language of pop culture as a shorthand to avoid getting down deep. Huh. But obviously you wow. then told us the darkest story the, you really brought it. So I said, you know what? He's not afraid to get down deep. That's not it. Well, cause, That's not, it's uh, not, it's not the, it's not the surfacey. but especially, right. like, or even for instance, when you came to LA, where you were like, you were in LA for, I don't know, five days, maybe six, you had 19 engagements and you managed to fit in a makeout. And to yeah. me, that is youthful. To me, that's youthful—the ability yeah.
2: to. Well, listen. I love a high low. I love a high low, and so I. But and to me, like I, I'm like, yeah, no. I want to talk about, you know, how wonderful it was to watch Cindy Lauper and Patti LaBelle sing together in 1985 when Cindy guested on Patti LaBelle's TV special. But I mean, I also want to talk about why <laughs> our feelings hurt. You know, what song did they
5: sing?
6: That was they before sang, your time.
2: They sang time after time and Lady Marmalade. But here's what was so brilliant they kind of switched off leads on both songs. So Patty sang lead for time after time and Cyndi Lauper sang lead on Lady Marmalade and it was so fucking good. And by the way, controversial opinion, Cyndi Lauper, most underrated singer of the last half of the 20th century and is the only person, swear to God, I've ever sang, with the exception of Mariah Carey, the only person I've sang toe-to-toe with her. Really? It is, oh, as soon as, and I mean as soon as we finish this recording, it's the first thing I'm texting you guys is the (laughs) link to that performance. It's so... Delicious, but yeah, you need listen. You need to be like, oh, because I can tell you, and I'm sure you both have experienced this coming from the comedy world. Like people who kind of are just us, like or operating rather on this constant like joke, 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 joke spectrum. I'm like, I, I don't
5: trust that. Right. Well, right. I, I, I did in my like early twenties, and then as yeah. soon as I started 30s. to get, no, as soon as I started to get a little bit older, me personally, I, I, I don't know about. Well, we met
6: when you were 31.
5: Yes, but I'm saying that like it started to wane. It started to mm. wear, yeah. All
6: right.
5: you know. All right. well, okay,
2: Na- Naomi doesn't buy this. Like I, I appreciate like just from the outside eye, if I could just like be the listener for the moment, like we're not buying any of this. I just want you to know that. So... That is fair,
5: but I'm saying that like those friendships in as, as I was into my early 30s, even the people that I met at UCB, the ones that were just joke, 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 joke started to fall
6: away. Yeah. And actually, of course. those were
5: where the problems were.
6: Yeah. Were that yeah. we
5: couldn't like, and then the ones that, who like I could be a little deeper with, those are the ones that have endured yeah. into now, right? Yeah. You, yeah. for example, my <laughs> friend Aaron. Like, there are some people who, like, you know, we, we, yes, we can just goof, but also then we're also like, so. You know, your wife's parents, what's uh, the deal with that? Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, because I think also for the people who are constantly like joke, 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 or for the people who make their entire personality predicated on just like pop culture references, the thing that you realize very quickly with those people is like, oh, what we have in common is geography. Like I had a similar thing with Comedy Friends where the second we didn't have a certain comedy, like physical comedy space in common anymore those relationships fell away and then you're like oh yeah we kind of just i mean yes we were legitimately friends and it was lovely seeing those people and knowing them for the time that i did but also like the thing that we never finessed was really working to get to know each other because we always just had this place in common where we always knew we were going to see each other. Right, right, So we right. never really, like... Re- right, never, you never really to put like, the effort yeah, into their correct. friendship. Right, correct. and if you
6: have to, like, actually travel to see somebody, you're like, I actually don't want to travel to do bits.
2: No. But if it's around... No.
6: But but I guess what I was also going to say, though, because I, I wonder if some of it, though, right, I'm, you know, joking about you being so youthful, so fun, you mm. know, as you said, having to be a little adult, was there something that kind of once, you know, you were no longer... In your household, and no longer had to carry that burden, you gave yourself the freedom to have fun. You know what I mean? It's almost did like you, you did. You have
5: a late puberty, <laughs> <sighs> quote unquote puberty. Um, yeah,
2: oh, yes, because I. It's funny. I think my. Um, I was really just thinking about this the other day. I think for as much as I'm, you know, so I'm. I'm 32 now, and I feel like the least anxious i've ever felt in my life i feel the least um sort of uh i feel that like i feel like this is the time of my life where i actually feel the youngest i've ever felt and sort of the <laughs> less um uh the less burdened by feeling like i need to be a version of myself for other people which is a very common thing also when you mm. grow up with an addict which is you're just kind of like i'll be who you need me to be like i because I, I don't know what's going on really and you are on coke so famously not a great communicator so <laughs> i'm just going to kind of like try and assess where i think you're at and then i'll just come right. in right under there like you yeah. know what i mean so this is like yeah this is the time in my, my life where i'm like yeah i'm i kind of yeah i want to do fun stuff but i mean it's funny like I want to say when you guys, when we hung out in LA, gorgeous hangout, by the way, everyone listening, you should be jealous. Um, (laughs) There were tacos involved. We were outside. They brought their dog. It was wonderful. Um, But like, that's definitely me on vacation mode. Like my, my idea of like true bliss is like at home, horizontal, blanket over my body, just really um, doing ostensibly nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's my yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my true bliss. But again, high low. It's nice then also cuz then I can have moments in LA where I'm like, "You know what? For 8 days, I'm just going to like be social and see people, and then I won't see anyone again for 9 months." You know, like you can you just do the the yeah.
5: push and pole. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a hibernation mode. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, can we say the Goonies are good enough, maybe the best theme song ever <laughs> written for a movie?
2: Well, my favorite story about that is when Cindy Lopper was like, I guess in a production meeting with steven spielberg he pitched an idea for i fuck i wish i could remember the specific (laughs) thing that he pitched but he like pitched an idea for the song and cindy lopper writes about this in her memoir she's like i was from i'm from new york where you just say what you think and like very offhandedly i guess steven spielberg like or no steven spielberg said an idea and then cindy lopper offhandedly was like oh well, that's a terrible idea and then she just saw him like <laughs> shrink into himself and also she famously didn't want to call that song the goonies are good enough
6: oh she yeah wanted, she wanted it's a terrible she, title for this song. it's a
2: terrible title and she was like oh this song will now not live as a single yeah because it it's, be it's gonna own, be too yeah. it's gonna be too attached to the movie i think she did just want to call it good enough yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, As you should. And so, and yes, absolutely one of the best theme songs ever. And, you know, the fact that she also turned that music video into like a seven minute adventure epic that starts <laughs> off with her and Captain Lou Albano
5: manning their family oh um, my gas station. I think this is not we, to drive people to the page, but I believe on the Patreon we did a deep dive into the. Connections French. between Cindy Lauper and yes. wrestling, specifically Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> yes, and wedded to like when they were when she guest starred on the Super Mario Brothers TV show mm-hmm. in the early nineties.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I was like, I don't understand. And was making like, the references. I was like, I don't know the I don't know this world. And then we found an in depth article, and it was like how about like she loved wrestling, and then there was like she had a manager who was obsessed with wrestling. Was right. Like, I'm gonna get you in here. Why did not you so, come do these Well, because, you know, her manager was
2: also her boyfriend and uh, it was a guy uh. named Dave Wolf and he was a huge fan of wrestling and he was like, and remember, the She's So Unusual album was not this like runaway success right out of the gate. They really had to work to make that album happen and so he was like, I think we could go on these wrestling shows and they will they will play your song and then that's right. like free promo. Right. Yeah. Okay, but
6: you know what? We need to this is not your podcast, <laughs> no. Liam. This you is know. not tell goodbye, me goodbye, everything. goodbye, goodbye, Wait, goodbye, no, goodbye. Cuz Liam wanted to make it tell me everything. He said, "Let's talk about childhood <laughs> pop culture moments." And I said, "Not on but, my No, no. Not no. My no. House, I, Liam.
5: Look, I love this flow though. <laughs> we got to take a break, but before we get there, I just want to ask, mm. you know, knowing this stuff about your past, you know, yes. has this Play, how has this played out in your romantic relationships? Like, are or you someone, too. well, I just want to know, are you someone who's like kind of wary, knowing that like, like yes. one of the, that sometimes you know,
6: men be out here lying about cancer.
5: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think a very common thing with, if you are someone who has abandonment complex is you develop something called all or nothing thinking. So, and especially with relationships, it's either I'm going to invest and give everything to this person in fear of them leaving me. So I want to like prove myself mm-hmm. or I won't invest in all at all. Why? Cause they'll just wind up leaving. Yeah. So that, so that was kind of the dance I did throughout my twenties where I was just kind of like one, I was always zeroing in on men who were for whatever, like for a myriad of different reasons were never, Painable, we're never available we're never interested but i was like but of course my warped brain with an abandonment i was like oh perfect a project mm-hmm. and you know i will say this if you have an abandonment complex there is no greater romanticism that exists than the idea of having someone change their mind about you because it is the then it becomes the ultimate vindication of mm-hmm. getting the person that you actually wanted to stay in in this case my father it's like you convince them that you actually see look i am lovable mm-hmm. you should stay and you should want me and so i but it that will of course but that these scenarios never actually play out there is no convincing the you know right. to not to wave this old flag but it's like you know It's either he's just not that into you or he is, right? Like, right. And when they're not that into you, there's no convincing that is you. If they're not into you, you close your laptop, go get a glass of water,
5: and you start over. Like, there's no (laughs) like enough of this, yeah. Enough,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
5: Of course, you know, Naomi and I are writing a book, He is Just That Into You, coming in 2024. So, I just want to like put that out there that yeah we, and,
2: and and thin. literally it's, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, a it's a pamphlet page, it's a pamphlet yeah every too. page is just like go for it
5: <laughs> <laughs> why not he's, yeah. into, he's into you is. yeah oh my god
2: <laughs> you know what kiss him just kiss him right now yeah <laughs>
5: uh, <laughs> all right all right i feel like we're in a good place why don't we take a quick break and Perfect. when we get back we're gonna answer your advice question <gasps>
6: We're back. back with Liam Garot We're oh. to help you handle your scandal. Now, Liam, one more question I said, even though we said we we're going to help other people, but really quickly, you know, because yeah. you do have the, you know, you're very good at expressing yourself and you have mm-hmm. a lot of therapized language are you therapized or you just follow instagram accounts diva <laughs> that's the problem I, nowadays
4: because people oh are really no. out here just learning <laughs>
6: language but not doing the work
2: oh or my favorite thing now is when people are just like scrolling endlessly on tiktok and they're like you know what i think i have autism oh why <laughs> oh because becky613 says i do you're like that's not
6: <laughs> exactly. enough no, no i, I do. Getting diagnosed on tiktok <laughs> all the time
2: Oh, listen, we had all, at this point could all have our PhDs. I mean, like, no yeah. one would be any the wiser. But I, when I was in my early 20s, went to therapy for two years. And I say this uh, not flippantly. It saved my life. Ooh. Without question. And it was really like I was in... I Because I, I just didn't have tools not to, like again therapy language but i didn't have tools i didn't i was a very depressed anxious person and i didn't know what to do with any of that mm-hmm. and so through my wonderful friend aurora i knew that she had this like wonderful therapist in toronto where we both were living at the time and she referred me to him and he was like this like small like diminutive soft spoken french canadian man named louis <laughs> and like you would just go like <laughs> he was the best because you would just go and you would like you know. There's this thing I think that tends to take place if you're someone who's encountered a lot of hardship or trauma. Like there's a kind of intellect- intellectualization that you do of it, where you're like, "Well, of course this is hard, but also there are children starving in Africa, yes. and so what does this matter?" And what, I'm I'm but a, I'm but a speck of dust in the universe's you know orgasm or whatever the hell. <laughs> and so, but then I remember like I just in a very roundabout way was probably even just like sharing the story about my dad or like some hideous awful thing. And I'll never forget him just like pausing, and he just went, "That sounds really hard." And I just remember going, "Yes!" Like I just was like, "I was, I was the vindication yeah. I finally needed." Yeah. So yeah. I, to this day, I've I've sent other friends to him. I've I've paid it forward and passed it along. Like that man did wonderful things for me, and I, it, to me, I just think like, if you're a person who needs therapy, and if you find the right therapist, it honestly, I think, becomes and can very well become one of the most important relationships of your life yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah, 100 yeah. yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. and of course aurora the only album by daisy jones and the six the fake mm. band listen Andrew. guys
2: stream netflix now i also love how um like on the like right in the thread of me being like yeah isn't it crazy like all these people espousing all this advice and now i'm like now let's take some listener questions (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but the difference is this and i want to make this very clear and i know i'm sure you have both said this on the pod all the time are we licensed professionals
5: no we're just so
2: brilliant (laughs) that's
5: you You know know what? what honestly you know, we do say we are unlicensed comedians. Two unlicensed comedians. I believe that is in the blurb for the yes. show. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. If you are yes. a press person, you may have you may have received a blurb with that line in it. But yes. I will add this from now on. But we are brilliant. But we are. But we are. But we're brilliant.
2: Brilliant. And you want to know what 2023 isn't about? Is playing down. Okay?
6: You're right. You're right. You're
2: right. If you're smart and you're hot, just be like, hey, I'm smart and hot.
5: You know what? You're right. You're right. No more fake humility. No more. Since since Trump was in the White House Uh-oh. and just, like, li- <laughs> like and, and lied and no one seemed to give a shit about, right. like, the, this, like, immense just sack of lies everywhere. Sack of lies everywhere. No, I like it. I like it. Yep. Yeah, no, we were there with you. Yeah,
4: we were. Yeah, yeah, sack of lies. <laughs> What I was,
5: sorry, what I was imagining in my head, here's, let me just tell you the picture in oh, my okay. head, was, like, a Santa Claus with a sack of well, toys yes. but pulling out oh, lies.
6: That was absolutely. A, that was Oh, a, the and I was thinking about it, just like an overflown garbage bag and how like you know when you're like taking the garbage out and then if it's something wet at the bottom it can kind of <gasps> leak. Yeah, that's, that's for me doomed. where the everywhere full, was. It was like the of sack untrue. of lies and they're kind of like leaking out.
5: I've just decided to say we are the only comedy podcast. I've this said it's Andy's that favorite. We're <laughs> the only is the comedy podcast. Only <laughs> comedy <laughs> podcast. There are no others.
2: Yeah. Well, you know that I I say I'm the first gay man to ever host a podcast. You know I say that
6: all the time. Why not? hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Push back. You know,
5: seriously, is someone going to like, be like, wait? No, I mean, maybe someone on Twitter will like fact check yeah, you. Yeah, Brian Safi
6: like will come for you. <laughs> that is so funny you
2: say that. I literally can be like Brian Safi
5: found dead. No one knows. No one knows. No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got questions from all over. We get them from mm-hmm. Twitter DM, Instagram DM, Gmail, voicemail is of course our favorite. Naomi, what is that? Number
6: 323 3, 3, Three minute limit, babies. You got to start with your pronouns and the log line because I can't have you getting cut off right when you get to the juicy part, Okay,
5: no. Yeah, now we're starting off. We had put out a call, we were doing a bonus episode about the holidays, and we got so many holiday questions. Oh, I bet. And I wanted to answer them before the holidays started so people could prepare themselves. I, I think that's out. very smart. Okay, so why don't we start with one of those? Here we go.
4: Happy holidays, guys. Thank you for doing a special, a very special episode. Um, I'm not going to lie. I called in to ask a question and also to request that Megan be the special guest. I just miss Naomi and Megan so much as the duo.
3: Yeah, um, sorry.
4: Andy, you're amazing. You know what? And Cut this I'm off. always <laughs> here for you, too. But, yeah, uh, I called in to make a request because why not? Okay, so to you know my question... Not? Why not? Um, How do you... So Okay, so here it goes. Like, I love visiting people and, you know, being in community during the holidays, but I also really like my own space. And uh, as someone that has to travel to be near other people, I want to... If I'm a nice, large, close-knit group of friends slash family, I want to be able to be like, hey, I'm going to stay in a hotel, and I want to stay in a way that is does not cause drama or make people go like, oh, my God, is she, does she not want to visit us? And I just want it to be like, I'm staying in a hotel. I will be around for the dinners and the, you know, afternoons, and I will, I'm will i available to watch a tit or two. However, uh, since I have no kids of my own, I would really like the space of a hotel to like, you know, order room service. I don't know. I just like to be an independent childless adult and enjoy the fruits of my labor. So that is my question. Uh, A a nice way to say that that doesn't cause drama. And I think, yeah, even the fact that I am calling in about it can let you know that I'm from a dramatic or like a dramatic group of people Mm -hmm. who might, you know, make it drama. But yeah, just like, I've already made a booking, but I haven't told anyone. So everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm taking this room, I'm taking that room, I'm gonna be here. And events are being planned, but I'm just gonna like dip out and stay at a hotel. So, how of say that? Okay. Also, yes, please definitely have Megan on the Patreon. We miss her, I miss her, I'm the the community. I miss her a lot with Naomi. And I feel like Naomi was happier when they had a public. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to just say that. This is inappropriate. But anyway. Happy holidays. Love you guys.
6: okay okay look thank you for listening and calling and i love that you love but it's over we have to move forward in a life without the lifetime lifetime podcast you know what i'm gonna play this for megan but it might even make us it might make her try to make us do it again because literally megan sent me a link to a new movie and she goes is there a way we can cover this and i go no megan we don't have the podcast anymore (laughs) and megan is not the guest liam is the guest So yeah. we'd have brought Liam over here you talk about Megan for now.
2: Now, I will say, in in this caller's defense, they have no idea how wonderful I am yet. So just true, wait true, just true, wait until true, the end of true. this episode, and then I swear to God, she's going to follow back and be like, where's that first gay man to have a podcast? I mean, where...
6: <laughs> now, here's... Yes, so what are your thoughts? Because you're also a childless all, adult.
2: So here's what I would say. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of... I'm going to assume something here. And for this caller, if this doesn't apply to you, you let it go. Don't worry about it. I think this woman is a real apologizer. Mm. Uh, It's uh, even in even amongst, you know, a safe space with us. Her the her tone was very like is like it almost. Do you know what this almost sounds like? Actually, here's the question she really, I think, is asking without asking it. She wants us to give her permission to stay in the hotel. Yes.
6: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's
2: really the question being posed, because I think this, I think this is a person who's very extremely mindful of other people in the room. She wants to make sure everyone's needs are taken care of. She, I think, maybe is someone who has a habit of putting her own needs aside to address other people's needs. And I'm going to go ahead and assume maybe this tracks if she's also coming from a very dramatic, big emotional family what i would say to you is this one you have absolutely nothing to worry about with this booking and this reservation i think it's wonderful that you've already done that i'm glad i think to put money down on this and sort of quite literally invest in yourself here is a wonderful thing to do um the way that i would broach this is first of all here's what you're not going to do you're not going to start the phone call or the email or the text saying yeah you know i just kind of was thinking you know what might be easier is if i get my own play and then we don't have to do the thing it's like, don't explain yourself what you're gonna do is this either to your mom or your dad your sister whomever whomever you're in touch with about the holiday plans what you're gonna do is this the person you're in touch with you're gonna say okay terrific my plane lands at three i'm coming in on tuesday i'm gonna stop off at my hotel first i'm gonna drop
5: my bags off and then i'm gonna come meet you guys
6: wow Whoa. So a non negotiable non negotiable Not even, but not even like, like, it out. not
5: even having to say, you're just saying it um, as a matter of fact thing, yeah. as opposed to being like, hey, I got to tell you something. I think I've decided to stay in a hotel this year and this is why. You're and saying then, just like, it, this, is, this is reality and you guys better adjust to it.
2: This is happening. And listen, there will of course come the follow-up of why are not you stay with us and we have the guest room done up for you and you always stay with us and we, and then you just say, yeah, you know what? I just thought it's a really big group this year and I'm so excited to see everyone. I just want to have the space where I can sort of reset the battery.
6: I think that's, I think that's very smart. I think my other question, my other, just one logistical question, cause this is, you know, where is your hotel in relation to where everyone is? Are you going to have a rental slash? Are you able to get yourself to and fro? Because that's the shit that people will like make a big fucking deal out of making it your fault. Where it's like, well, if you're at the hotel, well, who's gonna get you? And how are you gonna get Tuss if you're staying over there? You know, if you you know if you're staying with people in a suburb and a hotel mm-hmm. isn't you know mm-hmm. a mile away. You know, it's different yeah, the like city versus to, suburb scenario.
5: To my parents' house, the closest motel would have been like, you know, a good twenty-five minute walk.
6: Right. And so it's, like, and one of those things where it's, like, to me, it's, like, just making sure, like, are you also able to rent your car and have your control over when you come and go? Oh. So that that's not an extra thing.
2: I can already tell you something right now about this caller. They – because I can tell that they're a person who overthinks – They've got the sorted out.
6: They've got it all sorted. Okay, good. Oh, I just want to make sure that's sorted. Yes,
2: yes. But, I but think I, they have. I think they have the car, or they're gonna, or they're going to say yes to Ubers, or they're going yes. to blah blah blah. Like, okay.
6: as long I as think that part's yes, there. but I because think that is
2: an important thing to address. Yes, you yes. just
6: have to have all the logistics planned out because it's about control. This whole thing you having a hotel and everything else is about you having control over your time and your space while you're over there. So I just want to make sure that like that's also part of it, and that's also not used
5: against you. You could also lie to them and say you have scabies. <laughs> oh yes, I don't know what scabies is, but I know it's probably something where you're like, I gotta limit my time around y'all. Yeah. I don't want Say, anyone else
2: getting uh, scabies. You know what? I would love to spend the holidays with you. I unfortunately just contracted the black plague, and I won't be able to make it. I but won't be able to make I'm it. So, sorry. so sorry. Well, that's if they want to cancel. Period. Yeah. No, I really, I to this, I, I, I want this person who called in to also really be proud of themselves because they've taken a step, and I think, like, because here's the thing. It's the holidays. You deserve to also have a nice time, right?
6: You be, you deserve the nice hotel and to be comfy and to like turn it off when it's time to turn it off. Meaning to yes. socialize. Room service. Exactly. Like you said. So it's like you're right. You know you this because this also you know you came to me and Andy who we don't like to be uncomfortable <laughs> no. and we're childless comedians who are literally like oh I'm sorry I can't go on my cat needs medication and that right. will be my reason for not doing a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Like I as and. I also, when it comes to family, I don't, sometimes I feel like it's not a default that, like, you, you're you entitled to me in a certain way, simply because we have a blood relation, right? No. Especially as we get older, a relationship, especially as we all are adults, a relationship. Our family relationship is just like any other relationship. It takes work. It has to be reciprocal. And if it's not, peace. I'm mad at it, necessarily, but I'm also not going to bend over backwards. So... Yes, you I would know pick. No, we're always yes. going to tell you like not to do. We're going to tell you it's like take the hotel, do easy to do. And when you say it's going to be drama, it's like if the drama's not on your end, you can't control how they respond. And so all you can do is be as like direct and um casual about it as possible. Like 100%. I, see, I wouldn't go as hard. I would I don't know if I go as far as you Liam of just like great, drop me at the hotel. No, I
5: love that. No, no, I no, no, no.
2: I'm not saying drop No, 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 I'm not saying drop me at the hotel. I'm saying I am getting myself to and from the airport. I am going to drop my things off at the hotel, and then I'm going to come and
5: see you. Yeah, it's just a matter of factness yeah. without there being a kind of like conversation about it, is what yeah. I'm saying. But I, I
6: think that's great. I think, but I guess I wonder about where it is in the when you tell them in the process because. If these people have this assumption that you're going to be there to like watch the kids and do whatever else and be around, be available all the time, make the brisket. Let them know that like a week or 2 in advance oh, so they can wanna be the bare, plan. Oh, I want to be very.
2: Oh no no no. This is not the conversation you have 2 days before you fly in. Okay. Like when, whenever whenever the conversation starts happening around planning. I see what you're saying. Right? I see what you're saying. I think I think that's when you say, "Listen, my booking is at this hotel. I'm going to fly in on this date." bop, pop 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 bop, And you know, I, uh, these, I, I suppose I'm just reiterating what Naomi said, but their reaction is not anything you can control.
6: Yeah, they're, gonna, you, they're dramatic. They're going to be dramatic, no matter what. And,
2: and you want to know some great news? If they are, you have a hotel you get to go to. Exactly. And the other, and one, and one thing I'll say about this too, and this it is also echoing a point that Naomi you made with this idea of time you also don't even owe them a certain number of days. Like, I think we also get trapped into this thing of like, well, I'm going to see family. So I have to go for two weeks and then I have to do the, if you want to listen, if you want to go for two weeks, bless and go do that and have a lovely time in your hotel for two weeks. But also like, if you want to do two or three or four days, do that. Yeah. You don't owe, like you don't owe again, this, this idea around the holidays and what we feel like we need to bestow onto people. You get to do whatever you want.
5: Right. I agree. Yes. I agree. Unless you literally owe them money. You don't owe them anything. That's right.
2: That's right. And please do not ask them to pick up your um, room service bill. Stop. Yes. Don't yes. do that. They're not a good idea. All get that eight dollars no. Snickers. Yeah, uh. no, want to
6: pay eight dollars for a Snickers. No, in this
5: economy, not on my watch. <laughs> not on my it watch. It is interesting how much, how many people are just invested in the fact that you have similar chromosomes to them, and that that's hmm. the extent of the relationship that it isn't about like hey do you bring joy into my life or comfort or is there something some deeper emotional connection that we have no no we just have uh, a handful of like uh, proteins in common (laughs) i
6: I knew you when you were little it's like yeah okay yeah you want to know who knew me yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and also
2: (laughs) well and also it's like yeah you want to know who else knew me when i was little My librarian, she's dead now. (laughs) Who cares?
5: (laughs) Who cares?
2: We like, it's phase of life. Move on. But (laughs) absolutely,
5: (laughs) tell that to your parents.
2: Move on already. Well, I mean, with your parents, but I mean, just this idea of like, uh, you know, I I don't owe you anything. I don't. Especially if, especially if, let's be honest, we are people who kind of aren't gelling in a certain way. Like these are people. Like, listen, I have a friend named Kelsey who. Like when she goes to visit her family, she happily goes for two weeks and like is in her childhood bedroom and she loves it. But that is, I think, that is not the dynamic most people have. And I think not everyone actually gets recharged by being around their family. So you need to just carve out space where you can
5: really recharge and reset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Make sure that that hotel has free Wi-Fi. That's all I got to say. If they're charging you you for Wi-Fi, find a new hotel that's my only advice
2: imagine imagine in this day
5: and age do you have time for one more i I have all the time in the world are you kidding me great we'll do 10 more okay this one comes to us from why am i having trouble opening my phone this one comes to us anonymous from gmail naomi would you like to read Mm. this yes dear naomi and andy i love your show and think you're both
6: brilliant oh
2: Thank you. Okay, where's the Megan shout out?
5: (laughs) 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 What happened to I Love a Lifetime movie? Where's Megan? Why isn't she the guest on today's
6: episode? (sighs) And I'd be genuinely interested in your opinion on this dilemma. (laughs) Sorry, from my angle, it
5: looked like it's a diarrhea. Go on.
6: (laughs) I'm friends with a straight married (laughs) couple who are having major issues to the point divorce is a big risk. I'm chiefly friends with her, but I've hung out with him loads and enjoy his company. Uh She tells me about their issues, and of course that's only her side. But over the years, some things I have observed myself, which is itself a limited view, I know. Can I offer unsolicited opinions from the outside of what might help in case from the inside they can't see or they're not communicating to each other? Or will it make it worse? Can it ever be beneficial to stick your oar in, or is that always a bad idea? At this point, I care more about them fixing it than whether or not they would hate me. But I don't want to do the wrong thing. For example, one opinion is you got to start communicating to each other, even when it's hard. To what extent can you say something like this, even as delicately as possible, to your married friends? Will they just kick your arse and then the added stress of it will definitely lead to them divorcing? Or could it be a helpful perspective? There's so much detail I could give, but I'll just say they're in their 40s have been married for eight years and have a five-year-old kid and I know from my close friend's side she desperately wants it to work also I'm not married and my current relationship is only two years old so I feel like maybe I don't have the cred finally I do know the onus isn't on me and I'm not the savior of anything it's just that it's been like watching a slow motion car crash maybe I should mind my business thank you for any thoughts, love from London. Anonymous. There oh. a P.S. P.S., just a follow-up. I asked another friend who's happily divorced about this, and she made the good point that I'm kind of assuming staying together is best for them, which may well not be the case. So that's another reason to mind my business. I do always feel I want my friends to be real with me, but perhaps this can only be done in a one-to-one friendship,
5: never with a dyad. LOL. <laughs> So, that's that. if you see something, should you say something? There's the real question.
2: I want to say to this, um, oh, there goes the buzzer in my apartment. I have people here who can get it. I have a staff who are ready to answer that. <laughs> Don't you worry. The thing I would say to this letter writer is I've been in this position, and I've also struggled with do I say something, do I not say something, what I would say is this: the person whom you are closest to, and also I think it's worth acknowledging. So I'm assuming our letter writer is gay.
5: They said straight couple, so yeah, yeah, straight right, yeah. Couple, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Not that that means anything. Um, I want you to do a death drop and then give your advice. Um, <laughs> so I, I think you, because this is what I did. So I'll just provide my own anecdote, and then I will leave it to you whether or not this suits you. You find the person in this couple whom you are closest to. And find a time when it doesn't feel nothing. One, make sure you're one-on-one. Make sure this is not a time when anything is feeling especially dire or volatile. And you must approach this with the utmost gentle touch. And the thing you say, should you feel so inclined, is... You know, I'm so, I'll just use both of your names just as place fillers. You know, I'm so crazy about you and Andy and I think you're both so terrific. I'm so, I don't know if this is my place to say anything at all. I have a concern because I love you both so much that I feel like I can see something happening that makes me think um, you both aren't, taking care of each other in a certain way and what i would ask is do you feel comfortable with me pitching in my two cents here or no because if you don't i can happily shut up and we'll never discuss this again Hmm. now in my case i had a friend say like oh no i'm interested to hear Mm -hmm. and then i said um it is my opinion that and again as gently as you can and you don't place blame on anyone it is my opinion and and again kind of not dissimilarly from how our letter writer was kind of Couching their thing of like listen I understand I only see one side of things and I get blah 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 like you do that whole preamble But it seems to me that blank Mm -hmm. And then what you say so whatever the blank is and then you say listen that is of course my opinion take it or leave it That is just my observation. What do I know now? Here's the thing You can only say this to your friends once Mm -hmm. Because you are right it isn't your relationship to comment on and it isn't any of your business and whether they heed your advice or not is immaterial and it isn't up to you. Right. And you can't be that person then who says either a, I told you so, or didn't we talk about blah, blah, blah. And you said you were going to blah, blah, blah. And then didn't blah, blah. You get to say it once. You get to say your piece once and then you never say it again. Yeah.
6: Right. So
2: if you're going to take that time to say something, Make sure you're very clear. Make sure you are very gentle. If they even say, the person whom you're closest to says, if they even say, yeah, I'm happy to hear what you have to say.
5: Yeah. yeah. Now, Liam, I can't help but notice that in every other story or example you've told this episode, you've created a fake name. Mm. But to say something pointed you oh. actually used our real names right, for this. Right. Can't help but notice that. Don't know if you're trying to tell us something right. surreptitiously or okay. what's going on there. Um, but,
2: uh, I would like to say, first of all, do I have your permission, both of you, to make <laughs> just listen, I, just a veiled observation from our time at Tacos to Madre in L.A., I don't know. To me, the vibe was very hostile. And I'll say that. And I'll say that. And, you know, Andy, you were sitting there with your personal fan, and I was like, why isn't Naomi getting any of that air? That was the question I had, you know? Um, We have, hold on, I have two
5: air purifiers. You could take one if you wanted. (laughs) I will not be held hostage to your observations. (laughs) You know what? And
2: and listen, and nor should you, because as as I said, I I only saw what I saw. saw And you take it or leave it. And you know what? And here's my promise. I'll only ever say this to you (laughs) once. (laughs) I'll only say it once. I'll never bring it up again.
6: (laughs) I fully agree with all of that. But I I also think, too, it's like this question of should I say something, should I not? I mean, I I think it's like you know your friend. First of all, yeah, you ain't saying nothing to the husband. Because that's not the person who has come to you. Mm-mm. You said it's a friend who's talking to you. I guess my question is, when, when your friend comes to you and is talking to you, is she coming to you like, I don't know what to do and I'm feeling so lost? Or is this one of those, like, I'm just venting. This asshole did this. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of, because if, mm-hmm. if, the, if the conversation really is like, what should I do or what can I do? I would respond, do you want some, you want some thoughts from my POV as somebody who loves you and wants you to be happy? And like, that's that opening, right? Just the way they kind of talk about it.
2: Yes, and also- give them the out. Give them the out of, like, do you want advice or are you just venting?
6: Exactly. Because like if you're just venting, I'll say nothing. I'll listen. But then I think there's also, too, the other uh, other part of the way you phrase this is I think people are most receptive when you don't use the words like, you know, you're being very such and such and you need to not do this. Or we- you should, saying shoulds. Yeah, yes. like, take away the blame because... It, People will shut down when they feel like, okay, I've come to you with a problem and here's how you're telling me it's my fault. Even if that's not what you're doing. What you're doing is basically saying, you're the person I'm talking to and you're the person who can control themselves. Like, we can only control your actions, so I'm suggesting. But that can be very easily misconstrued as, oh, so everything's my fault? So I think it's one of those things, too. And when you are talking to your friend, and I agree with this, like, you say it once, you have the real conversation, and you let it be. Yeah. You leave it be. But you say, like... It sounds like you guys might need help communicating. Have you looked into a couple's therapist? Or it sounds like there is a disconnect, right? Like we're kind of using vaguer language that isn't like, well, it sounds like you're yelling a lot and he's getting scared. And And also,
2: and and not dissimilarly to when I think people are in therapy for their own things, like this idea of using I feel statements, like saying, you know, um, I'm wondering if, when so and so does xyz i wonder if that makes them feel this way which then might make you feel this way like kind of like you you kind of also conveniently getting to play like quote unquote dumb a little bit of like maybe it's this feeling that's making this other feeling happen like really like couch it so just as naomi is yeah. saying you aren't being so um I don't know if this is the right word. Yeah. And so so didactic, didactful with everything of, you know, and so um, not so quick to indict someone for, you know, for you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. Yes. Yeah.
5: I think we all have a tendency, especially in, well, I won't go into the whole philosophy of this, but like Mm -hmm. to essentialize things as opposed to see people in terms of their relationships. That's because that's really like there are parts of you that obviously are you and that would be you if you lived in a vacuum but most of you is expressed in your relationships with other people so saying like essentializing something being like you are x or you are y doesn't help it's more like hey when i see you with uh with liam when I see oh, you, oh wow, that,
2: <laughs> Leah, using real names, I see. Interesting. I guess we are a little bitter that I cut that dinner short for that makeout, huh? Wow, wow.
5: <laughs> when I see you with Chauncey, you seem frustrated sometimes, <laughs> right. and I, you know, it's not yes. like you're not a frustrated person. So I'm wondering, like, what's going on? It's instead of saying, I like, think that's that, so that's good, Andy. Like, it's not about essentializing stuff to people. It's saying that, like, when you're in the proximity of this other person, it brings out something, and I'm curious about that. I think that is exactly it. Yeah. That is exactly it. Or, you know, a very crazy parent trap-like Mm. Scheme in wow. order to get them together. Get them to, to be stick, in a stick room together. together. Okay, or here's lock what it is: the door and say, yes. you've got to talk it out before
6: I unlock it." And no, there's no bathroom in there. Well,
2: step one: clone yourself, get that twin <laughs> dynamic going, and then get in there, and then just, 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 oh, inside a whole string of shenanigans.
5: <laughs> we haven't seen that before. We haven't. Se- we've seen the Parent Trap. We've seen Dicks the Musical. We haven't seen a. a Cloned pl- parent trap. Liam, right. write this. We're gonna make it tomorrow. <laughs> Girl, You're the 24. strike. Just kidding. Um <laughs> you have 24 hours to write it. Yeah, not with the I, Kills, PGA, I'll, I'll, it. I'll, over, I'll do it. Buddy. I'll do it.
2: <laughs> Guys, we're gonna and here's who we're gonna cast. We're gonna cast Oh oh um Margot Martindale. She's gonna play the twins. Okay, and he yes, and, loves
5: Margot? Oh, I'm a huge Margot Martindale fan. Oh. And, and
2: and the couple who's in trouble you know who's going to play them it's going to be helen mirren and the ghost of vincent price wow oh, interesting i was okay. going to say wallace shawn but okay oh god and it's in this moment i wish i had a good wallace shawn impression and i just don't <laughs> I don't and i of course i could throw the inconceivable at someone but why sure. but yeah, why we all have it we yeah. all have it <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can yes you do a vincent price greetings that's it that's it that's all i got and it's not even that good and it's not even that good
5: but i have a sean saying greetings
2: yeah no guys imagine if i was like i have an amazing Margot martindale impression (laughs)
5: um it's just
2: like this woman who's like so salt of the earth you're like i love you um (laughs) no but i think you're so right i think that is absolutely you're in you just need to be like i love you my observation is xyz i'm curious to know why that is yeah yeah
6: yep 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 yeah. yeah and you say it once you say and one you say it, it once to jesus and you let it go and it's so true because i do agree you know because i was actually gonna be my thing but you already said you talked to your divorce friend i do believe it's like it may not be the best thing for them to be together so like whatever you say it's about you just like saying your piece so you feel like you at least tried yeah but if they can't surmount you know surmount these obstacles and that's what may be the thing and then when that you know if that is the case yes. then your job is to just be a good friend. Lean on it because trust me she don't need you if she out here by herself sharing custody. So you gonna want to just so just like it's about just like support and friendship no matter what road this goes down which is also why you don't use judgmental language because yes. the last thing you want to do because I did this shit back in college where it's like fuck him he trashed <laughs> then they back together in three weeks <laughs> and now I'm on the record of saying he trashed so, and she probably told him that when they were getting back together. You know what I mean? So it's like you never want to say anything.
2: Oh, I actually had a conversation with someone very recently where, you know, they were kind of opening up to me about sort of like relationship problems. And I even said, like, just so you know, whether you stay with this person or whether you leave them, and in spite of this whole conversation we've had, like, I will support you whatever your choice is. That's okay. And I think to this letter writer, you know, and I can't foresee a situation where your friend would ever ask you this, but like, you never know what happens in the heat of the moment and if someone's feeling like they're kind of like volatile and like well should i leave my husband or should i stay with him or should i and i think you know you just you this isn't about you picking sides this also isn't about you um trying to provide suggestions about the longevity of their relationship this is about you saying like and if for some reason that question got posed of like well what do you think i should do it's like That's a very personal decision, but you have my promise that whatever you decide, you will have my support.
5: I love that. I love that because people do often want to offload the responsibility of major life decisions onto other people. And then if it doesn't go the way that they wanted it, then they have a scapegoat that they can right. easily blame.
6: Or they like, won't even do what you say. Most people are not out here doing what other people say. They just want to hear a bunch of things yes. so they can like, have something to ruminate over. It's almost like, oh, totally. you tell me what to do because then it's one more day I don't have to actually do it. <laughs> totally. You don't do what I say. I'll tell you. It's like, no, 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 no,
5: no. That's the, no. Hey, look, we've had many listeners follow our advice or follow similar advice because well, that's they, different. They the, you're ab- at the point because they, they did the advice before we got to it on the show.
2: <laughs> I mean, if you're t- if you're turning to two unlicensed comedians, you're in trouble. Yeah. And that's you're just the, the damn truth. truth. Yes, you're two unlicensed comedians
5: own. are the only <gasps> comedy podcast that exists. Yeah.
2: Well, but I mean, as we've also established, in spite of your unlicensed status, you are brilliant. So I mean, like, and, they, it's and that's
6: kind what of- KJ said. That's what this person said. You guys are brilliant. I would, so, like to, I, mean, I would like to take. And I said, well, here it is.
2: And here it is. And you know what? Take it or leave it. But do know that if you leave it, your life will be worse off. So just really take that in stride.
6: Take that in stride. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Liam. Liam.
2: Liam. Liam. Oh, my God. Liam. Naomi, Andy. So thank no, you
6: thank, thank you, so you. For coming on here, joining us, sharing your experience, strength, and hope with the listeners.
2: Uh, listen, at the end of the day, you know what we did? We lived. We laughed.
5: We loved. You know? I know. That's all you can ask for. In fact, I'm getting that stenciled on some driftwood and I'm gonna put I, it on the wall.
2: Well, and to the listening audience at home who can't appreciate this, Andy has a pavement baseball cap on.
5: Yeah.
2: Now, this is a wonderful band, and I don't know if this was deliberate, but you may or may not be addressing it when you both guest on my podcast, which It was
5: deliberate. It was deliberate. It, Listen, yep. it if was you, deliberate.
2: If you don't think I'm not gonna notice uh, a, a real fashion statement, a conversation starter. <laughs> you know, you're out of your mind. I clocked it the second I hopped on the Zoom, and I said, "You know, it's, you know what, Andy is." He's a man after my own goddamn heart. And that's just the <laughs> damn
5: truth. Look, I'm in my hat era because of the strike, because of walking out in the hot mm. sun. I bought so many baseball caps over the last six months. And I got to tell you, I had my choice of which ones I wanted to wear. Oh, I picked this, this one, one, specifically, this one. Yes. Yes. specifically. Yes. Andy
6: loves nothing if not a callback. Yeah. a oh. Back <laughs> to the recording. Okay. So that's
5: what uh, he was We love. That. We love. Well, hey. folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you all.
1: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com.
5: moonpig.com Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft tissues